This podcast was prepared by Ashley Martell in her personal capacity. The opinions expressed in this show are the host's own and do not reflect the views of any of their personal affiliations. Is there some reason why I did not get a response uh, to the letter that I sent May 23rd? So, uh, Ranking Member Waters, first of all, let me thank you for your service to California. Being a resident of California, uh, I appreciate everything that thank you've you done very much, for the community uh, I there. I don't want to take my time. I, I've, I also I have appreciated the opportunity to meet reclaiming with you my time. several times reclaiming my time. when we were doing our, our reclaiming my time. The time belongs to the gentlelady from California. Let me just say to you, uh, thank you for. Uh, your compliments about how great I am, but I don't want to waste my time on me. Uh, I want to know about the May 23rd letter. Uh, you know about it. Why did you not respond to me and my colleagues? I was going to answer that. Just please uh, go straight to and the answer. Mr. Chairman, I thought when you read the rules, you acknowledged that I shouldn't be interrupted and that I would have Reclaiming the my time. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Auntie Max. Claiming my time. That's my girl. So that was the infamous Reclaiming My Time clip from uh, Rep. Maxine Waters. I do want to also reference um, our first episode because after we played that clip of um, President Obama at the DNC Mm -hmm. in 2004, I didn't reference that that's where that clip was from. So that was kind of like the speech that launched uh, President Obama into Mm -hmm. um, becoming President Obama after he gave that speech at the uh, DNC. So this week we picked the infamous Reclaiming My Time uh, video from Maxine Waters and... um, it's been a while. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. This is Martel, a.k.a. Pierre Defecto, and uh, we're here for episode two, but I'm great. I'm happy to be here. That's good. Excited. It is episode two. This is Ashley Comins, and we are getting ready to go through some things for our second episode of Black Political Millennials. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot's happened. We have gone through the local election season. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so frustrating. Every year with local elections, I just get frustrated. So we're going to dive into that, discuss what happened. Um, Our big race, of course, that DA race. District Um, Attorney, yeah. Zapala won, Mm -hmm. but it's cool. He had to bust his ass and didn't know he had to bust his ass to make sure he won that race. He had to work for it. Yeah. I think we definitely have to shout out uh, Lisa middleman for her efforts mm-hmm. um she got a, a large percentage of the vote she did i think i don't think people expected her to to get that number to reach that much in less than six months right right um, um yeah so shout out to, to her team all the people that are on the ground supporting um you know sometimes elections might not end in victories but they're still successful yes um, and i think that could be a measure or something that was successful um, yes. Yeah, so. Agree. Um, I think uh, my favorite, of course, and you know, I'm biased because I love Rep. Summer Lee. Um, she made a statement at 
at Lisa Middleman's um, election night party where she said this whole this whole election and campaign for Lisa against Zapala, it was always Zapala's race to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa was running a 300-meter hurdle while Zapala was running a 100-meter dash. Mm. And so... Um, all the things that she had went up against um, running as an independent um, in a in a race where Zapala was on both the Republican and Democrat ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, so straight ticket voting, right. of course, didn't help either. Um, she was able to touch ground um, specifically in the city of Pittsburgh. She'd have won the city of Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, no question. Um had that race not been countywide. Um, and a second part that we also want to talk about with our county race, we only had 28.8% voter turnout. That's terrible turnout. Yes. Um, what, you said 28.8%. percent Mm-hmm. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. We can um, round it up to 29, but it's still... <laughs> that's, that's not good. No. Um... And to put some numbers on it, in our county, we have 957,735 registered voters, Mm -hmm. and there were only 276,484 ballots casted. So that does not even represent our county. Not at all. That doesn't do any justice to the people that are here. No. Um, So for folks who don't vote, I understand why you don't vote. But I want us to recognize and realize that us not voting in elections just doesn't help us. And outside of us not voting, us not running, us not putting ourselves at the table or, you know, as the candidate, it's not helping. Um, Because, you know, I always I don't ever like to be a a voter shamer. You Mm -hmm. know, I don't want to shame people who don't vote because I feel like they have valid reasons for not voting um in most cases and it's also the job of us you know who want to be elected to get people who don't vote engaged and if you as a candidate aren't getting your constituents engaged you're not doing your job right and that's my question is how how do we get people engaged what what can bring people to the polls you know i think that's the important question that we need to be talking about between now and next April, you know, with mm-hmm. the primary in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. is how do we increase that voter turnout? What can not just electeds do to bring people out, but what can organizations do? What can people in communities, what can ward chairpersons, what can Democratic committee persons, what can people do at their level to increase voter turnout? I feel like that needs to be the focus for a lot of us uh, going into the winter seasons and stepping into the spring is us figuring out how we can increase these numbers. What can be done? Do you need to have, like, an athlete come and get people to register to vote? Or do we need to have, like, Popeye's chicken sandwiches at the spot? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, well, what can we do to get people to get out there? Because those numbers are, are, are kind of shameful. And, you know, I hate to, to speak so, so harshly about our folks, but – Come on now, like that's yeah. unacceptable. That's unacceptable, y'all. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, especially you know for people like you and I, mm-hmm. um, who in everything we do we try to be as um, 
clear right. on the importance of why we do the type of work that we do mm-hmm. and also why we encourage people to vote. Right. Um, this particular election, I mean, just going through the county website on election results, the amount of municipalities, townships, boroughs, mm-hmm. whatever they are called and considered, right. there are so many. It's so many that I don't have the mental capacity to go through and look There's at every single race. Right. We I don't. We just spent an entire episode going yes. through all of those. Um, so what we can just tell you is that you can go online and get all the um, election results for your county, for your state, for your city, for your, your municipality, uh, for your township, mm-hmm. for your borough. Uh, wherever you're at, those those results, the official results are available online. Um, and I think it's important that people look at those numbers sometimes instead of just looking at the winner, you know, look, in, mm-hmm. look at breakdowns mm-hmm. and, and see who won in this area, who won mm-hmm. in this county. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that's a good way to increase knowledge and, and, and you know, kind of figure out how to run in the future or how to run at different levels. Uh, so I think that's really important. I do want to give one shout out though for somebody that won an election. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to shout out Devin. Uh, yes, Devin yay Devin! Uh, I just saw her yesterday. Nice. So shout you Pop out. Pop it up. Um, major win for uh, Pittsburgh School Board. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely excited for that. So I wanted to mm-hmm. make sure that we gave that shout out out. But did we shout out Tay? Oh, we did not. Yeah, so we got another school board. Yes, official. my husband. Congratulations, sir. Congratulations to Dante. Yes, yeah, bro. Yeah, yes. One of one of four. One no, one of five, but one of four new mm-hmm. uh, elected school board members in the That's Wilkesburg hard. School District. Them Cummins, we keeping our seat on that board. If it ain't me, it's him. Okay? And the baby's in the background. Sorry, listeners. But uh, Bellamy's going to be a part of this uh, podcast Mm -hmm. because we got a baby. And so work don't stop. So excuse her. So we're going to (laughs) continue to talk over her. And dad is holding it down. Um, so yes, there were, there were just so many school board races and municipal races for your boroughs and your councils. I do, you know, we got the shout outs out the way, so that's good news, but I do want to kind of get real, real quick about these local elections, because one thing that I will say, um, in my particular neighborhood of Wilkinsburg, um, we have a huge issue here of an old guard Hmm. we have an old guard in our borough that does not want to progress Mm. and move forward and Mm -hmm. do things differently you know um what is that quote if you keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting something different Mm -hmm. like that's insanity definition of insanity and that is literally where we are at in this borough Mm -hmm. of being insane because you, we, I have to say we, although I didn't vote for any of these folks, (laughs) we as a borough continue to elect people that can't do anything more than what they have done over the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. And we see where our borough has gone over the past 20 years and we're not fixing it. Right. We are allowing people to lead this neighborhood into the trash. Right. And I, I think that we have to, 
I think we have to get rid of um, limited expectations and fears. Yeah. I think a lot of times people only feel like they can trust people that they know to do certain things. And in reality, if you're going through life like that, you're going to lose, my friend. Yes, you um, are. Because there are a lot of people that you might not know, but they have the wherewithal, they have the the, the knowledge and the, the ground understanding to, to be effective in these positions. Um, and I'm going to say the same thing about my area, too. Um, an election that we had in our area, um, I'm from Homewood, which is uh, city of Pittsburgh, District 9. Well, we kind of had something similar happen with our, our city council race. Um, the last episode I called a steeplechase, uh, just because you have so many people that are con- continuously in the running for one position and are taking votes out of each other's hands or taking money out of each other's hands, mm-hmm. and they're kind of just defeating the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had that happen where if you combine the votes of two of these independents, they beat the incumbent, mm-hmm. you know, handily. So... I think it's important that people have to kind of remove the ego. I think there's a yes. lot of ego in politics. There is. Um, and that might be here. That might be everywhere. But we got to remove the ego because, mm-hmm. like you said, the old guard where you have people that are so stuck for 20 years trying to get this one accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other great things you could be doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, you know, a lot of people got to look in the mirror as we get into this new year. Mm-hmm. Where's a new year, new you. And that new year, new you, you need to be like, all right, maybe I can like fall back and step to the side and still make some impact, some impact somewhere else. You know, I think that that is a very important thing that we have to kind of express to to an older group. Succession planning is imperative. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and let me get this straight too. I love me some Auntie Max. But let me tell you, when I'm Auntie Max's age, y'all won't catch me serving in Mm. nobody's Congress, (laughs) Senate local no i'm not doing it no nothing no (laughs) and if i get to a certain age and i haven't made it that far Mm -hmm. i'm not doing it i need to be finding and looking for someone else to support and hopefully i can put some money behind it you know Mm -hmm. and and be able to support the generations coming after us because at the end of the day things change right and it's okay that's that's just how life happens. No doubt. Um, and I think because this is a, a podcast where we're going to specifically discuss things about black folks, about politics and about millennials. Mm-hmm. Us as black folks have to also understand that we hurt. E- we hurt ourselves yeah. just because someone looks like you don't mean they have your best interest. Oh, facts. What's the that, saying? All, what's the all, all skin folk Kim, ain't kin folk. Yes. And yes. we have to quit. You know, I, I had a woman at the polls because I work polls on election day. Mm-hmm. Um, literally go back and forth with me because her parents are in the history books of Wilkinsburg. Okay, ma'am. Our, Where are we at now in 2019, though, from that history you got with your parents in the books? What do we have to what do we have to be proud of? Yeah. Folks in this neighborhood aren't even proud to say they live in this neighborhood. And that that's, is sad. That's folks. That's real talk. It is sad. Folks live in Blackridge and Regent Square and would never say they live in Wilkinsburg. Mm. Although they live in Wilkinsburg. You know what you should have hit her with? Okay, boomer. <laughs> I should have hit her okay, with an okay boomer. Okay, boomer. Dang it, I missed it. I'm gonna remember that next time. You're gonna get the chance again. Because, yes, it just killed me. Like, ma'am, okay. And, you know, I'm tired of hearing folks in my community um, talk about this. They not from here. Mm. 
Mm. So what? Right. If they live here and they own property, or even if they don't own property, they've been living here for years, they have a voice. They have a right to speak up and speak out and want to represent people that align with them. Mm -hmm. And um, when you do have situations like low voter turnout, right. it allows folks like that to stay in those positions. That's um, in Wilkinsburg alone, we have maybe about... 15,000 residents and we can barely get 3,000 to vote. Wow. That is not a reflection of our community. And I want everyone to say that just like countywide, mm -hmm. 29,000 or 290,000 is not a reflection of our county. I agree. It is the smallest fraction mm -hmm. of who we are. And we keep allowing that small fraction to make decisions for people that we don't agree with. Right. Um, so I really want to just kind just address that. Mm -hmm. Um, and as we continue to grow and learn together with this show, we can hopefully change that. Um, like we said on the first episode, us as millennials, we are a powerful demographic. Mm -hmm. There is so much that we can do if we step up. No it is time for us to step up. Um, a lot of us are, but enough of us aren't. I definitely agree. It's definitely time. It's definitely the time to make that move. Um, and speaking of times and making moves, we want to uh, transition to another camp uh, election that's upcoming that hasn't happened yet, but we happening next year. Um, right now we're in the season of the, uh, the Democratic presidential um, race, if you want to call it that. Um, so another thing we'll be doing this show is uh, reviewing debates. Uh, we'll also be breaking down the primaries and the caucuses when that time comes in a few months. Uh, but we just kind of wanted to talk about the uh, this month's November's Democratic debate, which was uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, at uh, Tyler Perry Studios. Which was was like, the debate there, or was that just the watch party? No, nah, the debate was there. Oh, Dad, that's shit. major. Yeah, that's major. You I just had thought a, Keisha had the party. Nah, at the she Tyler had Perry everybody. White House. My everybody, cousin was there. Hey, Donna. Everybody was there. <laughs> they had Bernie Sanders and all of them was in there. That's at what's the, at up. The studio. That's major. That is super major. Um, I'm proud yeah, of that, Keisha, brother. Yeah, Keisha. I wish my well, my mayor's name is Marita, so I do got there me yeah. a dope black woman. But <laughs> imagine right. saying my mayor's name is Keisha Bottoms. Right. Like that. That's dope. I love the Atlanta airport mm -hmm. just to hear her message That's real. in the train. That's ill. <laughs> That's so ill. But yeah, yeah I um, Keisha Bottoms for president. I just wanted to I enjoy the debate. I've been like trying to make a, a religious habit of watching the entire debate. Um I didn't take notes, I'm gonna take notes next time. Um but one thing that concerned me was very interesting to me was the amount of camera time. There's certain candidates got versus versus others for mm. example andrew yang only got i believe it was like six minutes and 53 seconds of camera time on a two-hour debate right like that's that's a problem you know what i'm saying because andrew yang is definitely gaining a lot of steam there's a lot of people that are feeling them but for i just saw get, a yang 2020 sign in somebody's yard too oh wow so he's making his way to pennsylvania um 
Let's get Andrew Yang on the show and putting that out in there Wilkinsburg. in the universe now. Yeah. Andrew Yang, get on a Black Political Millennial show. Listen, Let's he was on the Breakfast happen. Club. The I breakfast think we club. can do it. We on our way. We he come to Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. He come to Pittsburgh. We getting we him on. We on that. But he, my man need to have way more camera time than he got. I, uh, I wasn't really feeling that. No. I mean, I think that's something to talk about, too, with just the media and how they still have that power to control the narrative. And so what we need to do as the consumers of the narrative that they put out is push back, question it, Mm -hmm. question everything. Just because y'all see it on TV don't mean that's really what it is. More than likely, it's not what you think it is. Right, exactly. Um, And to the point that he made about, Marty made about uh, the democratic debates and the candidates there are still 18 democrats running Sheesh. 18 democrats running for the presidential seat Man. um of those 18 let's do this math because you know i'm always going I, I said this before the show started the demographics so we've got one two three four five Mm-hmm. White men mm-hmm. running. That's just so that's half. Four facing. Yep, nine white. Half of them are white men. That's then half. you've got the homie Cory Booker and Deval Patrick. He's done. Did he drop out? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Booker and Deval Patrick um, are two uh, black men running. Then we have what's Cap? Why am I missing Castro's first name? Julian. That's it. Castro. Um, mm-hmm. Then we have the women, Gabard. I don't even know who that is. That's the senator of Minnesota. Um, is it? She's the rural middle of the road. Who he said? Yeah, right here. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh Gabbard. Ga- she's from Hawaii. That's the representative oh, from from Hawaii. Okay. I did see the, that. Uh, she's the former veteran. I don't know why I um, thought it was a man when I saw the announcement that someone was from oh, Hawaii. Oh yeah, no, nah, okay. she be she had the fly white suit on on the last joint though, looking like like a boss. I was like, okay, okay I, I see okay. you, I see you. Um, but yeah, I think we're definitely gonna have some people. The, the herd's gonna be thinning in the next month or so. Um, as we transition to the next period of debates, but there's one thing we mentioned, Cory Booker, real quick. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to get to my favorite part of the debate was something that Cory Booker said to to uh, Vice President Joe Biden, and I got it queued up, and we just gonna play it real quick. But it has to do with the legalization of of, of marijuana and Joe Biden's remarks on that. So we just gonna get to this real quick. as a hero this week i hear him literally say that i don't think we should legalize marijuana i i i, I thought you might have been high when you said it marijuana in our country is already legal for privileged people and it's one the war on drugs has been a war on black and brown people and so let me just let me just say this <laughs> Children, because there are people in Congress right now that admit to smoking marijuana, while 
Yo, so that was a dope. The uh, clip's like two minutes, but we gonna cut it. But I just wanted to play that part real quick because uh, that was that was first of all that was funny as hell for you to say to Joe Biden was was how when he said that he was how when you said it. But for him to bring a, a unique point of view, because um, that's one thing that I'll say Cory Booker does is he gives the point of view of the people from where we're from. You know, if you if you listen to a lot of times, he says that well, in my community, the people in my community, the experiences in my community, because like Cory Booker, like where he stay at, it's still the hood, you know. So he still kind of has our people in mind. You know what I mean? The people that we see every day, the people that we speak to, you know, on a weekly basis. He has those people in mind when he's talking about my community. So, you know, it's interesting this whole marijuana thing that's happening with the legalization and people being able to open businesses and buy businesses. It's, it's very interesting. I'm sure that's a topic that we'll we'll get into in the future as well. Um, because like you said, it's legal for people with privilege. Um, and that's facts. You know, that's facts because that's what's happening because people are making millions of dollars off of marijuana legally now. But, you know, what I mean, they they live in a certain area and they look a certain way, you know. Um, so I think that that was major for for uh, Senator Booker to mention that. And um, I want to find out more information about if Joe Biden was high or not when he said that. That, <laughs> you know, probably. Probably. It may may not have been weed high, but we'll just leave that for another conversation <laughs> some other time. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you know, personally, uh, I have not given the debates my time yet. Mm -hmm. I've, I read articles like, you know, certain uh specifically the root because of course again that's my bias mm -hmm. um i want i want to read opinions right now from the people right whether you're a journalist journalist or not you're still people that are consuming and making decisions because you got to vote too mm -hmm. um and the conversations they're having uh who's the writer from the root he had an article with he had an article where he talked about Pete. I can never say this man's last name. Buttigieg. 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 Pete Buttigieg. Mayor Pete. Um, oh, yeah. His made name a phone is, call uh, to this writer, writer from The Root because he... Um, he called him an um, MF and lie. Yes. He called him a mother and lie. Yes. Um, <laughs> from Michael Harriet. That's mm -hmm. it. Michael Harriet. Pete Buttigieg. I still can't say that man's name. Just call him Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete says, <laughs> first line when he calls him, and I, I, I respect the phone call conversation that he had with him. I still don't know who I'm voting for, but I respect. We, time. <laughs> we have a lot of time. Yeah, we got a lot of time. Um, from my perspective, I have a lot of time, but we got a lot of work to do with a short amount of time before. Um, we got a vote in April here in PA. Mm -hmm. But he called him, and his first line was, I don't think I've ever been called a lying motherfucker before. <laughs> That's how he opened up the conversation. That's funny. That's like, memorable. Not hello. Of course, someone says, uh, you know, um, the phone rang a voice, sounded vaguely familiar, and he knew it wasn't a surrogate or a campaign volunteer. Mm -hmm. And that's what he said. So um, in the article that he was calling given this information so y'all can go and look it up and read it if you want mayor pete is a lie motherfucker 
Yeah, that's the Monday. That's the, that's the Monday article. Yes, from and Michael Harriet on the root. Check route. it out. Um, he talks about you know. It's a great article. Some good things. And yeah, he talks. I think it was dope where he talked about him growing up and where people were called a hood and the experiences that he had and things that he dealt with. You know, even talk about on his way to school what he had to do, which is a yeah. real experience. Yeah. Like this is the late '80s. But there's kids right now in 2019 dealing with the same things, seeing the same things, walking to school. Um, and, and it made me think about um, a Dave East song. Um, Dave East just dropped the album and he had a jam on there called On My Way to School. And on this song, he talks about everything he saw on his way to school. And I think it's one of the best songs on the album. But it just, the part of this article made me think about that a lot um, and how people take that for granted. You know, like some people take ride to school in warm vehicles with seat warmers with classical music and you got people that are right on the way to school with school buses with no lights that are freezing cold people that are walking to school afraid that they might get robbed on the way you know what i mean or they mm-hmm. gotta go a separate route because they might get robbed like just the the difference between people's journeys to school is is another tell two cities or tell two countries here in america um so, yeah, those are two dope articles on the route that I definitely think that you should read. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting about Peter Buttigieg is every time he spoke on a debate, I don't know if anybody's seen American Psycho, but he sounds like the main character, Patrick Bateman. You know what I'm saying? Like, every time he spoke, I'm like, yo, why does this dude sound like Patrick Bateman? Like, every time. And it just made me just think, like, is this guy the American Psycho? Like... How do you sound like this guy? Were you just watching American Psycho last night? Like, what is what is happening? How do you do that? Um, so that's something I'm going to pay attention to. We might play a game in a future episode. You know what I mean? Whether it is Patrick or Pete. I'm going to play different clips. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Um, but Pete, Mayor Pete's catching a lot of flack. Um, yeah, just because he's not he's – not catching the black vote he's not speaking to the black vote he just had a police shooting in south bend this summer that people were kind of airing them out about the way that he resolved it uh part of that video uh part of the article showed a clip from 2011 where you hear mayor pete talking about education in african-american communities and how these students don't have people to look for and look to um and he just seems like he's out of touch with black voters um, so I feel like that's part of it. And then also like his credentials or lack thereof where it's like, oh, he's a Rhodes Scholar, but so is Cory Booker. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, or he was the mayor that's the of the media city. with their narrative. Oh, of course. Or, this is the media, y'all. Right. Or he has a George Doctor, but so does Cory Booker. You know what I mean? Like, and then you talk about he's the mayor of a city. Well, Julian Castro was the mayor of the seventh largest city in America. I just looked it up. San Antonio, Texas, the seventh largest city in America. South Bend, Indiana, if you want to guess, 306. So the sure the sheer size between San Antonio and South Bend is laughable for you to try to say that the mayor of yeah. South Bend had to deal with what the mayor of San Antonio, Texas had to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's not the same, you know. And there are people that saying, "Well, if Pete Buttigieg was black, he'd be done," or if Pete Buttigieg was a woman, she'd be done. And there's actually, you know, certain senators that said that that if they had the the kind of credentials that Buttigieg had, they wouldn't even be in a race right now. So. I agree. That's, I agree, but that's America, right? And that's and that's, that's privilege, and that's and that's the male privilege, that's the white male privilege, mm-hmm. right there. That 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 you know 
that is at work mm-hmm. on the on the largest level mm-hmm. of of everything, the presidential election. Yes, it it is. So, y'all, we got a lot of things to be considering in this twenty twenty election. Uh, it's it's real real. It's really um, really real. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't. Oh, you know, we do got to talk about, or I'm going to ask you about, since we was talking about the the white the white males and everything, we got an, another one or, or somebody else that you counted, um, Michael Bloomberg, oh. the former mayor of New York City, has found his yes. way into the presidential uh, Democratic run already, and he spent some multi-million dollars i don't know the exact dollar amount but he's already spent millions of dollars his money of his money 31 million first week that's wild so he's already spending more money than certain people that have been in a race for six months already um and i think my thing with him is the whole stop and frisk thing that he did way back and um of course he just apologized for that like a week ago there's he was at a church i think it was in the bronx where he apologized for stopping frisk Mm -hmm. and it's like it sounds good it's a nice sound bite but it's like i feel like you're only apologizing my g because because you you, right because you got to because you got to answer for all these young black and brown mainly boys that were stopping frisk through all the bros in new york city mm-hmm. you know how many people were locked up for dumb reasons and everything else that led so you keeping kids from getting to school you keeping people from getting to work you know what i mean people from picking up their children all these different things that this stupid law was impeding people living in new york city and it's like now you on for president b and i don't know if i got time for it mm-hmm 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 all of that. I don't know if I got time for it. Yeah. I don't really need to say anything else. Hey, I think Marty just handled that. But would y'all spend $30 million? Would you just spend that like that? Would I you? mean, if it, if you're 30, it's like $30 million to him, though, is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, so that's just like him just spending like, that's like him just spending like $5,000. Mm-hmm. I like Dick's Sporting Goods. I mean, you just have to laugh at that. Just got to laugh at that. That's wild. <sighs> Gosh. That's wild. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Uh, that Bloomberg's now in the race. Um, there's a another debate coming up in December. Um, December 19th, actually, at uh, Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. And uh, PBS and Politico are the sponsors. Okay. So we will definitely give you some updates in our third or fourth episode about that debate. And give you good takeaways. Mm-hmm. And also something to look for is we're going to have some live debate watch parties yeah. in the Pittsburgh area yeah. during some of these debates in January and February. So we can talk about this stuff. Yeah. We're going to have Get beer, questions. Appetizers. All that kind of stuff. People get registered to vote and to debate. Yeah. So if you want to sponsor, holla at us. Cause <laughs> we want chicken and whiskey there. Holla Squalla. Chicken and Henny debate parties. Listen. Ooh. I like that. Lesson. I like that. I think we might just have an event idea on our hands. We do. So I do want to finish the names because I don't want to leave nobody out of these 18 Democrats oh, yeah, running. Count them out. Count them out. Uh, I left off with Kamala Harris. Uh, what's her name? Amy Klobuchar, senator from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And 
scrolling up because I'm making sure I don't get these names wrong because there's so many. I can't. I don't want to mess it up. I'm cracking up at this list of who's not running. They got Oprah in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pat Deval Patrick, Bernie Sanders, Joe Sestak, who is um, from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh. Steyer, what's his first name? Tom, Tom Steyer. I've been seeing his commercials uh, he on be, TV. He's he been saying some low-key impressive stuff in the debates. He, okay. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? He's 62. For you to be a 62-year-old white billionaire, like, some of the things that you saying he want to change, I was like, all right, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to give you a listen. Yeah. I'm willing to give you okay. a listen on some of those things. Elizabeth Warren, we know her. She's mm-hmm. got plans. Mm-hmm. Lauren... Warren, I said Lauren. Warren, I'm here for that college um, loan forgiveness. Oh, definitely. And she's trying to give a lot of money to HBCUs, too. She she speaks about that often. Yeah, I'm just curious what the reality is of actually getting it done. Right, right. They talk a lot of game. Marion Williamson, she's the author and lecturer. She's she still is. in the race. Yeah, I don't think. I guess you, there's certain marks you gotta have for debates. So I don't think she's made those marks for debates. Okay. But she's still in the running though. That's so crazy. Yeah. How long they going last? If you ain't know. even getting there. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. Um, I remember seeing him like two years ago. He was popping up on my Facebook timeline a while. He started social media. Um. Mm blitzing mm-hmm. early yeah i was like okay right. at first i didn't think he was serious yeah like and then i looked i was like okay so he he's still on the debate stage yeah i think he'd be a really good vice president really yeah okay i really have no opinion mm-hmm. i have no opinion all right so we're gonna go from wanting to be president to currently the president no matter how much you messing up as the president, but uh, the impeachment inquiries are are currently happening right now in America. Uh, you know, and those are the, usually the things that are on the middle of the day on C-SPAN or NBC or anything cutting like that. Cutting off y'all shows, cutting the price is right. Pre- cutting off your shows, was it All My Children and all that stuff come well, on? I can't get none of her stories. That's, uh, yeah, so that's what's happening in the middle of the day. Um, and it has to do with uh, the holding of some aid to Ukraine in return for information on the Biden family. And there's a lot of different stuff in the middle of the whole thing. Yeah. So just a quick, you know, what's rundown. This is from uh, the New York Times. There is clear quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. Now, let's explain what quid pro quo. Yeah actually means i know when they first started saying it as dante like what's up what is that right excuse my french but y'all gonna hear me cuss a lot on this show because it's okay yeah you allow you allow <laughs> i'm allow uh so quid pro quo let me get the exact favor for a favor thank you mm-hmm. favor for a favor and th- you know that's the shit about politics i want to make this point Unless you are into things, you're not going to... They use phrases that make people be like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. They could just, What if they just said, favor for a favor? Mm-hmm. That would make it way more clear to so many more people right. who... 
You know why? Or left out. No, nah, you know why? Because they want to make it sound super hella important, right? And they want people to be on the outside, like, oh, I got to look on the inside of this window. What does quid pro quo mean? Like, I, I want to, you know what I'm saying? Instead yeah. of just breaking it down. Um, and I think that's why this our show's important, because we're going to be breaking stuff down for you. So now you know favor for a favor. So favor the favor. Favor for a favor. Right. United States ambassador to the European Union testified um, to the committee. President Trump directed the Ukraine pressure directed the Ukraine pressure campaign that Secretary of State Mike Pompeo signed off on, and Vice President Mike Pence was told about an apparent leak link between Ukraine's military aid and the investigations um, the president desired. Um, see my baby wants to be a part of this show she wants she's not feeling what's happening with the inquiries as well she wants to run her own line of questioning yeah. to individuals involved so there was an unusual and inappropriate call fictional narrative the three amigos which is the president's former special envoy for ukraine um, Mr. Sondland and the Energy Secretary Rick Perry. Mm -hmm. These names just like. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, scratch my back. I scratch mm -hmm. your back. Yeah, I think I think what I think what made this um, so hot button is one, of course, the whole administration is just hot. Everything's a hot topic with them. Um, and then also there's been a lot of tension in Ukraine over the past couple of years. You know what I'm saying? With all the stuff in was it Kiev or Kiev, you know what I mean? And, and all those things, you know, all the issues with Russia. So I feel like Ukraine's been in the middle of a lot of different things right now. And I think that's part of the, the, the thing that makes it hot. But I think it's also the fact that aid was being held. But another thing that I learned is that aid's being held to a lot of other countries right now, too. Yeah. You know, um, and actually, what's his name? Mitch Malvaney um, actually just said that we do it all the time. Well, when it comes to withholding aid to Central American countries, they, we do it all the time. Yes, we do. You know, so. We hold aid from a lot of places. We act like things don't go down all across this globe, and we only pay attention to the places where money is key. Oh, yeah. You got to um, follow the money. So, yes, and there is, there is a fiction. The f I want to go back to this fictional narrative that ultimately is a part of, like, the spin campaign um, of the Republican Party. Uh, I'm trying to find this quote. Hmm. While you're looking for the quote, I want to shout out Harry. Uh, the homie Harry's in the building, too, for our show. Uh, he's actually been giving, giving commentary um, and actually just kind of added on with the uh, favor for a favor knowledge. So uh, just wanted to shout the homie out real quick. Thank you for being part of the show. You know what I'm saying? Being here adding on. Um, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to have people people in the mix. You know what I mean? For the episodes, just kind of just adding on and 
giving they bits and sharing what they know and all that good stuff. That's what makes this show better. That's what makes this process better. So, yeah. Yes. So, thank you. Um, there's also Fiona Hill, Trump's former top advisor on Russia and Europe. She called the story that Ukraine, not Russia, interfered in the 2016 election. She criticized Republicans on Thursday for propagating that line of thinking, telling the House panel that the story, which uh, Trump has embraced, was planted by Russia and played into Moscow's hand by sowing political divisions in the United States that adversaries are eager to exploit. Um, mm. She and David Holmes, the political counselor to the American ambassadors in Ukraine, testified on Thursday. So, like, it's just... There's a Man. lot. There's a lot to this. There's stuff that I say behind closed doors that I won't say in public, but all I I say that to say there's a lot of people that operate in politics in a way to consistently be able to discredit someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really scary that even if they're not giving facts, that so many people listen and still just believe it because of the side they're on. Like this is really like a almost like a a a, a gang kind of thing where it's like red versus blue or it's like the um the Jedi's versus the dark side or something like that where it's like yo I'm riding with this side even if it's wrong as hell you know or like I'm riding with this side even if what we defending is immoral or illegal. Still riding with that. Politics is gangster. And and that's what's happening right now. And I feel like this current climate has emboldened people to really bang these sides. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. to like forget caution or forget morality and mm-hmm. really just be like, yo, I'm all in on this because mm-hmm. it's deep, man. Um mm-hmm. and I don't know, people just gonna have to just they gonna have to reckon with that or reconcile with that in a future part of your life. Uh that's for them. Um, but for now we just wanna keep giving y'all the view of some black political millennials um and you just give an input real quick you got something else i do because i really want to just put this information out and i want to tell people when you listen to these episodes you know we're going to get to an hour listen to them in pieces don't try to consume everything at once (laughs) because (laughs) this is so much information yeah um but it's important information and so we want to just put it out there you know, for the homies. Um, so the witnesses that were in the impeachment inquiry this week was Gordon Sondland, who his testimony was, I saw the most, I saw, saw most of yeah. his. Um, he's the United States ambassador to the European Union. Fiona Hill, she's President Trump's former top advisor on Russia and Europe. Kurt Volker is the former special envoy to Ukraine. David Holmes is an official from the American Embassy in Ukraine. Laura Cooper, the Pentagon's Russia-Ukraine expert. And David Hale, a top State Department official. Mm-hmm. So you can look them up, see more about them. Um, yeah, and the hearings it's, are yeah. going pers- to start again December 4th. Yes. Um, and that's why we hear a new line. And I think they said, 
I believe that this is the uh, hearings where they're going to decide if they want to draft the articles of impeachment. Um, so that starts uh, December Wednesday, Wednesday December fourth. Okay. Um, is when the new hearings will begin. So we'll definitely have some more input on those too um, in future shows. Yeah. Um, but we want to uh, thank you all for for listening to episode two. Wow, we just wrapped it up. We, we did just good. The up. We, we did, did real good. good, y'all. We, we real really good. are doing this we just doing like <sighs> we doing good, y'all. We doing this in such a way where it's it's just as raw as we can do mm-hmm. it, as real as we can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how we work in our minds throughout the week, throughout the day when we're looking into things and read things. No doubt. So. Um, we're going to try to just work all of us into this in understanding and learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited about these upcoming uh, debates because I'm going to start to form my opinions with yeah. that race. And there's also some local races. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention these before mm-hmm. we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, my homegirl, Summer Lee, she is running for re-election. Summer. So uh, donate to her campaign. Shout her out page is uh, still Summer for F-O-R-P-A dot com you hid there let me make sure i'm pretty sure it's dot com yep summer for pa.com mm-hmm. um donate to her campaign same as sarah Enamorado. um she's also up, up for re-election and we want to make sure that we get these bold smart amazing strong women back up in harrisburg fighting yeah. for us they fight for us every single day so we need to keep them up there i want to shout sarah out real quick too yeah i just learned something um i'm uh in uh, Sharpsburg doing some things um, through a leadership program and I just found out from somebody on the council that uh, Sarah had um, been, you know what I mean, helping out the Sharpsburg uh, township uh, city. She's been helping out Sharpsburg a lot and okay. giving support and um, you know what I mean, a lot of times certain elected officials don't get, get acknowledgement for some of the, the small things that they do so I, I wanted to find a platform because I ain't seen her yet since I found this out to shout you out for for what you're trying to do over in Sharpsburg. Um, they appreciate it. I appreciate it. So and that's salute. exactly what we mean. They are fighting for us daily. So we got to get these girls back. Mm-hmm. Gr- not girls. Women. They are not girls. These women back into office. Um, crazy that they have two-year seats. That's also another conversation for another time, these term limits. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Thank y'all for listening. Whoever made it to the end, we appreciate y'all. Yeah, enjoy your turkey day. Yes, happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. Be safe. You said don't don't call call turkey day. Some people say Thanksgiving. Yeah. Be clear. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not denying that. People still gonna Um, eat though. People still gonna eat. I saw. I saw a meme that say uh, something like, we don't celebrate holidays, but anytime everybody in the family got the same day off, we typically cook a lot of food. And, and that's together. facts, though. <laughs> and that's facts as hell, because any given day, you can have two of your aunts in the kitchen at the same yeah. time cooking something. <laughs> Real yeah. quick. What's the occasion? Now we off. We off on Wednesday. All right. And everybody come through at, at 530 on that Wednesday, yo, mm-hmm. and go in. Yeah. Like, they ain't got work on Thursday. But it is what it is, though. But yo, enjoy your enjoy your holiday, spread love, um, and all that good stuff, man. We'll holler at y'all soon. Yes, love y'all. Peace. Peace.